Hi, I'm Maddie. Welcome to the Faith Community YouTube channel. We'd love to know where you're joining from in the comments. And hey, take a moment to share this message with a friend and then hit the red subscribe button. Also, if you'd like to learn more about getting connected at Faith Community, stick around at the end of the video for more details. We hope this message encourages you to move from where you are to where God wants you to be. Today is a, another one-off message, but important. Uh, back in August of 2020, we did a series on prayer, and we preached through the 23rd Psalm. It took three weeks, broke it down as just a way for us, kind of a model of prayer. I wanted to conclude that with preaching through this passage of Scripture today, but the timing didn't work out well, so I thought, I'm going to push that and do that at the beginning of the year. I want to preach today on what's called the, the priestly blessing. Anybody heard that phrase, the priestly blessing, or the Aaronic uh, blessing? It comes from Numbers chapter 6, verses 23 through 27. And maybe you've not heard those terms used. Maybe you've heard the phrase, you know, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his grace, all that kind of, that kind of stuff. Well, I have heard that my entire life. I've grown up in the church uh, I was practically born in the pew. I can't tell you how many times that I've heard those words spoken over me. So much so that I've kind of taken it for granted. So much so that if it's said, maybe as a benediction at the end of the service, I don't even hear it anymore. It's just like, I got to go. I got stuff to do, right? I got to pick up my kids. I got to go here. I got to do that. Kind of just breeze past it. But I really begin to study it and to want to understand uh, what does this mean? Why is this priestly blessing so important? Why do we, in the Christian faith, use this passage of Scripture so much? Why do we say it at the end? When, when did it start? What's the, what's the importance? And I, what I wanted to ask a question. How many of you have had the opportunity for someone to bless you? Like to say a prayer over you, like a prayer of blessing. Raise your hand. Okay? Fair number. Someone just decides that I want to pray for you, I want, to, I want to bless you, I want you to not be necessarily the focus of the prayer, but to be the benefactor of God blessing you in your life. I've been blessed a number of times, and perhaps the most powerful time was right as my grandfather was passing away, I asked him, I said, when he was a pastor for many years, I said, Grandpa, would you bless me, and would you pray a prayer of blessing over my son, Carson, who was three at the time, and he did. It's powerful, and I'll share more about that towards the end of the message. I think one of two things can happen when we come to a service or we attend online every week. We're going we're gonna to walk out of here blessed, or we're going to walk out of here bored, uh, burdened. Third one is bored, but you know, I hope none of you are bored uh, when, you, when you sit here and you walk out. But blessed or burdened? I don't think burdened is always bad, but it's my heart that we would walk out of here blessed. I think it's important to, to define what, is, what does blessing mean? We say a blessing at dinner, right? Or we, someone sneezes, we say, bless you. You know, I don't know why. Maybe because they say when you sneeze, your heart stops. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not a doctor. We say, bless you. And it's this word kind of thrown around. But what does it mean? If you go to the, to the Hebrew where we get this, you can see that the word blessing, it literally means this. It's like God is putting into order and assigning function, right? As things should be in our lives. To bless. God's saying, this is how I created it. This is how it should function. This is how it should be. And we did a series called Put Into Order based off this word that if you want to be you know, successful in life and, and things to go the way they should, then we should be live in God's blessings while he blessed his creation. But it has another meaning. It literally means to increase. 
So that when God wants to bless, he wants to increase. Increase what? Himself. This prayer in Numbers is the only prayer that God ever wrote for his people. It's the only prayer that God wrote. In in the first verse, it says this, verse 22 and 23. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you are to bless the Israelites. He said, Say to them how you are to bless. God wrote this prayer. The only prayer in all 66 books that God wrote. You say, well, Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Yes, that was for you as an individual. God said, I want to bless my people. And he went to Aaron, who is the priest. See, God put this in when the children of Israel came out of Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt for 430 years. 430 years, they'd been slaves. They had, not, they had no autonomy. They weren't their separate nation. They had no freedom. God delivers them from that. He's trying to establish them as a people, establish them as a nation, given identity, and their identity will be rooted in him. And he says, this is how I want you to bless the people. And he establishes what's called a priesthood. In our context, we call them pastors. Maybe you have a Catholic background, and so you kind of understand that. And he said, I want to bless. And so when you bless them, say this. And he didn't leave it up for discussion. It wasn't like, when you bless them, you know, here's an idea of what you could say. He goes, no, say these words specifically. Almost as if I don't want you to screw it up. Because I put you in a garden, did a whole bunch of things, said, hey, don't eat of this fruit. And you totally royally screwed that up. When you bless them, say this. Now, it's important to understand It's not Aaron. It's not the priest that is blessing people. It's not them. It's God himself just using the priest as a representative to the entire people. The blessing will be spoken by the priest, but God himself will be doing the blessing. One commentator said this, it is as if these are the words of God put into the mouths of men. The words of God put into the mouths of men. I took that for granted. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. I heard it so many times. I never made the connection. These are God's words written for his people. God wrote this. Another thing to consider is this. Sometimes I think us in America, we think that Christianity is like a uniquely American thing. Anybody? I mean, we export it all around the world, don't we? And that's great. We've sent out more missionaries probably than almost any other country. It's wonderful. But we tend to, tend to lose the fact that we are part of something, just Christianity in of itself is over 2,000 years old. Now, this prayer isn't a Christian prayer. It's a Jewish prayer. It's a Jewish prayer. See, we, we share something pretty unique with, 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 the, with Judaism. We're like Judaism's, I don't know, cousin or brother or whatever you want to say. God gave this to his people, the, the Hebrew people. These words are thousands of years old. Thousands. How many of you can think of thousands? I think the last two years were a long time ago. Thousands of years ago. Let's say roughly four, maybe six. I don't know, maybe even more. And think about this, that there will be people all over the world today, millions of people in in however many different languages there may be that will recite this prayer in some form or fashion. 
Think about this. This prayer is so important to the Jewish people that it sustained them through millennia. It sustained them not just coming out of the, the, uh, the exodus in, in Egypt, but through the Babylonian exile and the Persian exile and the Roman exile. And dare I say what happened to the Jewish people in World War II, this prayer has been found written or inscribed on silver tablets. It, it has sustained a people for thousands of years. So when you say this prayer... And when you hear this prayer, you're being connected to history. It's ancient. I think that's important because sometimes we just think that as Americans, we are the center of the universe. Anybody? There's like a whole world outside of here. We are so, we're like, we're so young. We're like 200 years old. We're adolescents on the stage of history, right? And this faith that we profess is is just way older than us, and I just, I just wanted us to connect with that. God's words, saying, I want to bless my people. I want to establish them. I want to set them apart. I want to, I want to increase my, my power and my presence and my goodness and, and the truth and my grace and my love amongst these people because these people will be a representation of who I am through all the earth. And we, we are grafted into this because of what Jesus has done. We're grafted into this because of what Jesus has done. So when God says, I want to I bless you. Now, here's an interesting thing about this, this blessing is, is that it's called the three-in-one blessing. The three-in-one, there's, there's three phrases, and, and the phrase the Lord is used three times, and God is the subject. God is the one doing the blessing. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord, he's doing the blessing. The word you is used six times. We are the direct objects or the benefactors of the blessing of God. It's God doing the blessing. There are verbs. There are six different verbs used, and they are all declarative. God is declaring these things over people. He's declaring these things over us. And the three-in-one blessing, it's protection, it's grace, and it's peace. And it's God instigating this and saying this at the end. He says this, and we'll get there. He goes, when you say these words, when you do this, I will bless them. It's a promise. It's not an idea. It's not a a, a maybe. It's when you say these words, my words in your mouth, I will bless you. God's disposition is to bless his people. God's desire for you is to be blessed. And not just externally. It begins on the inside. So let's let's get into it, all right? Let's get into it. That's the longest introduction ever. Here's what he says. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, to bless them. He said, this is how you bless them. When he says, say to them, this is how you bless them. And then he gives these words, right? It's God's disposition. It's what God wants to say. And here's the very beginning of what he says. Verse 24. He said, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord bless you and keep you. We already talked about bless. Listen to this word, this word keep. It literally means this, to keep, to guard, to keep watch and ward, to protect and, and save life. That, that God himself, the God of the universe is, is keeping watch over you. It's protection. 
He, he's, he's like a watchman sitting up on a tower to protect you and to observe you and to, and to, and to put his hands around you, protect you wherever you would go. And you know, when I read that, I think, oh, it's, it can't just be physical protection, but more so it's over our souls, the very essence of who we are. May the Lord keep watch over your soul, over who you are. May he observe, may he protect that's his, his desire to, to bless you and to keep you. And as, imagine as you're listening to this, may the Lord bless you. May he increase himself, his goodness, his power, his presence, his, his correction. Amen. Right? His, his, his precepts, his plan. And may he keep you. May he protect you. This is God's disposition towards his people. This is God's character towards his people. He wants to bless. May he protect you. Think about this for a moment. God wants to protect your soul, heal your soul, not just everything external to you, but I dare say he begins on the inside, from the inside out. Heal what we call soul wounds. Anybody heard that phrase? The soul wounds, the things that people have done to you or maybe that you've engaged in that has begun to erode your soul and the the essence of who you are. That's where God's saying, I want to protect you and save you and stand as a guard and a watchman over you. May the Lord bless you, and may he keep you. Verse 25, it says this, May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. It's an interesting phrase, right? Make his face to shine. When's the last time you used that phrase? I want to make my face shine on you. Right? It's an interesting phrase. It's really, it's poetic in a way. But, but think about this. Uh, you, when, you, when someone looks at you, you can pretty much tell the look they're giving you. It's a look of disgust or, or of, of confusion or uh, maybe it's a bit of a smart aleck look or maybe it's a happy look or maybe it's a I don't know look. Or, but you know when someone looks at you with delight. With delight. Uh, I was watching some romantic movie. I don't know what it was. Lauren really likes him. I don't like him at all, but Lauren, Lauren likes him. No, actually, I kind of do. I'll just be honest. But in one of those movies, it said, uh, somebody said to somebody else, I, I want to find someone that looks at me the way that he looks at you. So much communicated in a look, isn't there? God said, I, I want to make my face to shine upon you. It literally has a picture baked, baked into it. This is what I discovered in my study, that it, it provides the picture of a father with a beaming face lifting up his beloved child with joy. Imagine as if, if God would, would, would pick you up and hold you into the air and, and just joy and delight is beaming from his face to you and you don't have, he doesn't have to say a word and you know that he's pleased with you and that he loves you and that he accepts you. Hey, have you seen those children that, that they run into their father's arms and the father picks them up and holds them up here and, and, and he doesn't necessarily have to say anything and the child gets put down and they run off and there's just sheer delight on the child's face. Why? Because in the face of the father, they found acceptance, they found love, they found who they are. Give me a child that has not been embraced, has not been, been loved, has not been corrected has not been the, the object of delight of his mother or father or her mother or father, and you will get a broken human being. The Father, the God of the universe, wants to make his face shine upon you. He, he wants his, his presence and his goodness to be evident, not just around you, but in you. 
As I said, that child and leave the embrace and they leave the embrace, not, not with anything, without anything, but they have the delight that was seemingly transferred from his face, the father's face to, to the child. Fascinating to me. Moses asked the Lord in the wilderness, God, I want to see your face. Something about the face of God. If someone never shows you their face, they're really not that interested in you, are they? God tells Moses, I can't look upon my face and live, but I, and he puts him in a cleft of the rock and he passes by him. He said, I'll let all my goodness pass by you. My goodness. But now we see that the father's heart is to make his face shine upon his people. I, I just think that I, I, I passed over that so many times when I heard it. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. And his name be gracious to you. Back in Christmas, and it was like four years ago, it seems like. Christmas, we did a Christmas in four words. Truth, grace, forgiveness, and love. And we talked about grace and that God's grace. It's his unmerited, un, un, unearned favor. But in the Hebrew, the word literally means to set up an encampment. To, to come and dwell among. And, and when it said the word became flesh and he dwelt among us in the Greek, it's the same word in, in Greek. It's building a tent that, that it God says, I'm going to give you my grace. I'm going to come and dwell among you. I'm going to stretch out my dwelling place among you. I'm going to erect a, a wall of protection around you and my loving kindness and goodness. That's my disposition to you. So may the Lord lift you up in delight and may he live among you. And his presence be evident in you and among you and around you and wherever you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Now, then you get to the verse 26 and it says, The Lord, the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Another, another expression with the face of God. Some commentators say this is an idiomatic expression, you know, that's just meaning it's a, an expression common to a native speaker. It's like, you know, if we would say, well, you know, someone kicked the bucket and you try to translate that literally, it's like, you know, you can't, I, I don't know, what does kick the bucket mean? So this is a phrase used that they understood and it, it, it means this, it's a, it's a meaning that he looks toward you with peace and blessing. The Lord turns his face toward you with peace and blessing. It also means to pay attention he pays attention to you. How many of you have kids or work with kids and you hear, hey, 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 look at me, look at me, right? They want to show you what they're doing. You're like, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, cool. No, no, no. Look at me. Look at what I'm doing. Oh, it's great. Now, Carson sometimes will be like, hey, dad, ask me a question. I'm like, yeah. He's like, what do you mean, yeah? That wasn't part of the question. It's something about me turning my face to my son and giving him attention. You ever wonder if God is paying attention to you? God, where are you? God, do you understand? God, why? Well, from here, the part of this blessing is, is that he will make his face. He will turn it toward you. Pay attention to you. Behold you. Look upon you with peace and grace and blessing. That's his disposition. Someone also said this. They said the repetitive use of God lifting up his face suggests that God's justice has been fully satisfied and his compassion now flows outward toward the child in loving grace. This repetitive use of God's face, his justice has been satisfied and he looks upon you with compassion and grace 
in peace. May he lift up his face toward you. Isn't it amazing what can be communicated in just a few words? Just a few words. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face or turn his face toward you. Toward you. And it says, and give you peace. And give you peace. This word peace is the word shalom in the Hebrew. And it doesn't just mean the cessation of tension or fighting or war. That's part of it. But it it literally means wholeness, completeness, goodness, security, inner harmony, wellness, prosperity, total satisfaction in life. May the Lord give you his peace, wholeness. I talked about it just a few verses ago that, that, that God's, he keeps watch over you. He keeps you over your soul. You want to know where prosperity comes from in life? It's soul prosperity. May the Lord, you know, bless you and keep you. May you prosper and be in health even as your soul may prosper. God always prospers from the inside out, not the outside in. Your stuff is not always part of the prosperity that God has for you. I don't know about you. I mean, Lauren and I, for years, we prayed for a house and prayed, and God gave us a neat opportunity, and we got in, and I realized, I got a lot more problems now. Like, the house was cool, but I got a room, and I got to buy another table. I need two tables, one to eat at and one to look at that you don't eat at, except for twice a year. You know what I mean? Like, I got more problems, like more money, more problems, as the prophet once said. We... we <laughs> we, we want the things but God says the things are not who I am the things is what I do for you in your soul wholeness I think as a people we've always needed wholeness because we're broken I just think it's on kind of steroids now we need to be made whole and complete from the inside out the total satisfaction in life apart from success and, and getting things. It really has nothing to do with what we can accomplish. I think that's just an outflow of are we satisfied on the inside? Because if accomplishment and success could satisfy us, then there's a whole lot of people that are completely lost and broken and depressed that have a lot more than I do. I give you peace, shalom. So from the top, protection, grace, and peace. I want to bless my people. And when you bless them, say this. Don't deviate. Don't try to make it better. Say these words. And then he says this at the end. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. God says, when you say this, you're putting my name upon the people. See, we can be tempted to think that this blessing is just for all people in all times and all situations. But God was blessing his people. God was saying, when, you, when you, you identify with this blessing, you are identifying that I am God, that I am your God, and that, and that I, will, I will serve you, and I will follow you, and I agree to your precepts and your truth and who you are and your blessing as put things into order. It's not just some random thing, including people. And it was specifically for his people, the Israelites. And we as Christ followers, were, as I said, are grafted in because of Jesus Christ. We are grafted into the family of God because of his finished work, his sacrifice, and his resurrection. He is the one who satisfied the justice of God as it relates to the penalty and the punishment of sin. Uh, one, one commentator said this, to be blessed by God is to have his name on you, to be identified with who he is and all his nature. 
So if we're gonna, we're gonna, rec- if we're gonna receive this blessing, we are choosing to be identified with him, to have his name upon us, to say, I, as I said, I serve you, I follow you, I trust you, I embrace not just your grace and your mercy and compassion, but your correction. Right, you're, you're, you're molding and shaping and, and everything. I, I embrace the keeping and the watching and the making your face to shine upon me and toward I, I embrace all of that and I choose to say, I am yours. Yours. Spurgeon said it like this. He said, the Lord has blessed his people and he would have them know it. He has blessed them with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus and it is his wish that they should experience the fullness of this blessedness. What's Spurgeon saying? Spurgeon is saying this, that the blessing we read about in Numbers is Jesus. The the protection, the grace, and the peace, it is Jesus, that Jesus is the blessing. The fullness of when God says, I I want to, to bless you, and you will be blessed The fullness of that, the culmination of that is the person of Jesus Christ as he's our protector. He is grace. And the scriptures say he is the prince of peace. It's by his blood and by his sacrifice and by his resurrection that we are made whole, that we are made complete, that we can have total satisfaction in life. From him, all things flow. All things flow. That's where the the ancient prayer and desire of God's heart to bless in numbers meets, meets in the New Testament in Jesus in 2,000 years. It continues to flow to here today, and we say, may the Lord bless you and keep you because of Jesus. Jesus. Now, I, I came across a passage of scripture in my study that, that connects to this that I had never really seen or considered before, but in Luke chapter 24, Verses 50 through 51, Jesus is resurrected and he's, he's ascending into heaven. And these are the words that he says. He says, and he led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. Have you ever stopped to consider what did he say? Did he just say, I bless you? What did he say when he blessed them? The writers don't tell us what he said. We're not privy to that. But in my research, what I came across is a possibility of what he said. I don't know if you know it or not, but Jesus was Jewish. He, wasn't, uh, he didn't have you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, and look like a European. Sorry, you know, 2,000 years worth of depictions. That was just the Europeans who did that. He was Jewish. He grew up as a Jew. He studied the Torah. He heard this blessing many, many, many times. He, all of that. Chances are pretty good that as he was sending into heaven, the blessing was the priestly blessing. One commentator went so far as to say that he probably didn't say, the Lord bless you. The Lord make his face to shine. The Lord turn his face. He most likely said, I bless you and keep you. I make my face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. I turn my face toward you. And give you peace. Amen. Consider that for a moment. The blessing of Jesus as being God is the fulfillment of God's heart to say, I want to bless my people. I want to bless my people. Now, I came into something pretty cool. I love language. I don't know about you. Maybe you figured that out by now. I love language. My degree's in Spanish, not in theology. I got a minor in theology. 
And I came across this, this prayer as in a song, and there's a guy named Joshua Aaron, who's a, he's a Messianic Jew. He lives in, in uh, Israel, but he also is American. And I heard him sing this, this prayer in, in Hebrew. He put it to the melody of the song, The Blessing, but I heard him sing it, and I heard him say it in Hebrew. And here in a moment, you're going to get the opportunity to hear the song sung in Hebrew. We've got a friend Rob came and leads worship and, and songs and temple and going to come and, and going to share with that. But I, I wanted you to, to, to hear what uh, the ancient words of this prayer, the closest that we can get to what uh, the first group would have heard when Aaron blessed them. The Hebrew today is not exactly similar to the Hebrew then. Uh, The same words that these Jewish people, it was sustained them through all the difficulties and the joys of their life. This, this prayer is continued to be used in, in, the, in the Jewish faith and in certain life cycle moments and very important times. And, and they say this, that a lot of Hebrew fathers or Jewish fathers pray this prayer over their family and their kids on a, on a consistent basis. It's, it is really a, a lifeblood to them. It is God's words put into the mouths of men. I think there's something just unique when you can hear it in its original language. You won't be able to understand it. I won't be able to understand it. But I think there's something unique and just powerful. When I heard it, I got a little emotional, but I'm an emotional guy, okay? But I I wanted to to take my hand at saying it in Hebrew. And if I get it wrong, just tell me. But I'm figuring, I didn't know it, you probably don't know it either, okay? So maybe a few here in the room can can correct me. And I just want you to hear it. I want you to listen to, to these words that God gave his people, however many thousands of years ago, to say, I want to bless them. And when you say these words, it is I who will do the blessing. Not the pastor, not the priest, but it is me doing the blessing and blessing my people. So here goes nothing, right? Here goes nothing. Adonai Vayish Ya'er Adonai Panavilecha Vihuneka, Yisa Adonai Panavilecha, Vayasimlecha, Shalom. And maybe if you went to Jerusalem or you went on YouTube, you're going to hear something similar and way better than that. But that's the language of the people that God chose to identify himself with. God came to Abraham and he said, I want to reserve for myself a people. You're going to be my, my, uh, my demonstration of who I am to, to the world. And God chose to identify himself with that people and that language. And for thousands and thousands of years, that was the case. And then comes Jesus. And now we're grafted into that blessing. So here's what I want for you to do. The posture I'd love for you to assume while we get to hear these beautiful words is just one of to receive. Whether you need to close your eyes, whatever the case may be, I just hope it kind of transports you into the ancientness of our faith and of God and all the people that have worshipped him for so many years. Shalom. 
I said the first time I heard that, it just kind of transported me somewhere. And I just thought, wow, God, you are so big. And you've been worshiped by people for millennia in different places and different times, and you choose to bless, to bless. I mentioned to you that I was the amazing benefactor of a blessing in my own life, and that was with my grandfather. Just days before his death, I, I asked him, as I said, to bless me and, and to bless my son. And, as we were in his room, it was just the three of us in his room, and he was in a chair he couldn't get out. And 
I said, Grandpa, I said, would you, would you bless me? And he said, what do you want me to, to pray? I said, well, I'm just going to be kind of bold and thinking of Elijah and Elisha. I said, I want a double portion, you know, of what God had done in your life. I said, I want an increase. You're my, you know, my hero in a sense. He said, I'd be happy to. So I, I knelt down and he put his hand on my, on my head and, and he prayed a blessing. May the Lord bless you, Joshua. And he prayed. And I said, hey, would you, would you pray for Carson? He was three at the time. And he said, I'd be happy to. And so I gave, I gave Carson no instruction. I just said, hey, buddy. Uh, and we called him people. I said, people was just going to pray for you, so why don't you go over there? And so he got off my lap, and he walked over to my grandfather. And again, no instruction. He put his hands on my grandfather's knees, and he bowed his head. And my grandfather took his hand and put it on Carson's head prayed a blessing. Carson, may the Lord bless you. And went on to pray. Powerful. Powerful. Some of you may have not had that opportunity. You, you, you may not get that opportunity. And what we wanted to do is this, to conclude today if you can. Prayer teams, you can come and get in your spot. I want to give you a couple opportunities. Number one, if you've not just, if you've never been prayed for, in general, never been prayed for, or you've never been blessed, I want you to take a step of courage, a courageous step, and I want you to go find one of these people, and I want you to just say, hey, I just, just want to be prayed for. What do you need? I don't know. Just could you bless me? And will bless you with the words of the Lord, not their own. All right? Maybe some of you, your step would be, I, I, need, to, I need to do this for my family. I need to bless my family as the leader of my family. Bless them with the, the words of God. But I'm going to ask you to do something right now. Could you all stand? We're going to sing, and I want you to do a couple. I want you to worship. I, I want you to reflect. We've got time. I want you just to, to kind of soak in what God is doing and see what it is. And So if you want prayer, you can do that. But I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to do something that maybe corporately you haven't done before and maybe you're a little uncomfortable with, but I think discomfort is good and inconvenience is a little bit good too, right? If you're comfortable with this or, eh, no, I don't care if you're comfortable with it or not, right? <laughs> Those of you would be willing. Could you come to the front? Don't worry, it's gonna be, not going to be an old-fashioned Pentecostal slang or anything like that. Come to the front and receive this as a blessing. Can we do that corporately? I just need somebody to take a first step. We want to sing this over you. We want to bless you. You say, well, what do I do? Just stand there? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to stand in your seat. You know, why not stand together? If you're concerned about being in close quarters and sick, that's fine. That's fine. We just want to sing this over you. Bless you. If you need prayer, they're, they're around there too. And uh, just to receive this blessing from the Lord. These are God's words put into the mouths of men. So what we're singing and what we're receiving is just simply from the Lord. But would you, would you join me if you're online? I don't know, get as close to the camera as your screen as you want. But we just want to pray and uh, this blessing over you and receive. So whether you want to worship, you want to see whatever you want to do, that's what we're going to do. The 
his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you.
different. I'm going to say this blessing over you, and, and if you want to kind of hang out in the moment, you can. If you need to go, you can do that too. We just ask that you leave quietly, but as soon as I'm done praying, you stay, find someone to pray with, sit down, whatever the case is that you want to do. But I just want to encourage you, leaders of the household, whether the father in the household, maybe you're a single mother, bless your family. You say, I don't know what to say. God says, when you bless them, say this. So maybe tonight as you put your kids to bed, you put your family to bed, you you bless them. Ain't nothing special about me doing it. It's the words of God put into the mouths of men. Let's be a people who bless because we're a people who are blessed. All right, let me speak this over you. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We're always seeing new faces and we would love the opportunity to meet you. Text NEW TO FAITH to 97000 and someone from our team will be in touch to answer any questions you have about faith community. And if you made the decision to follow Jesus today, text that same word NEW TO FAITH to 97000. Our team would love to celebrate with you and get some resources to you. We also want to stay in touch on social media. We're there throughout the week posting content we believe will encourage you and help you move from where you are to where God wants you to be. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram as well as YouTube. And speaking of that, if you're joining on YouTube, make sure you hit that red subscribe button and the bell icon so you're the first to know when new content is available. And finally, we know life can be challenging no matter where you're at on the journey, and we would love to come alongside you in prayer. Let us know if we can pray for you by sending us an email or on the app. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time.